When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. What's that? Mission Log on not the Mission Log day, and it's only me. But wait, I'm joined by a very special guest. Special guest, please tell everybody who you are. It's Well, it's me, John Champion. (laughs) My name is Claire Kramer. You guys uh, may know me from various film and television projects, but in the Roddenberry Podcast Network, we are fanatics. I am half of the fanatics crew, myself and my co-host, David Magadoff. Yes, and fanatics is this very cool show that we all felt like our audience would definitely understand a thing or two about because it's all about fan passion it's all about people who are maybe known for something but really into something else is Mm -hmm. that right you hit the nail on the head and by the way i agree that the mission log audience is perfect for fanatics because they have dedicated 10 years and many many hours we actually should add up the hours of podcasting that mission log has done and they are you know they're fanatical about you guys and fanatics celebrates any sort of inclination you may have. We've had guests such as Tony Hale. He came on. He talked about his love for indoor malls. Um, Greg Grumberg, who was, of course, in some of the Trek films. He came on, talked about his love of Ford Broncos, not just the new or the 90s, but all the way back to the 60s Ford Broncos. (laughs) I love how that's very specific. He's not a car fanatic. He is a Ford Bronco specifically fanatic. Specific, yes. And uh, James Kyson came on, talked about his love of Michael Jordan another if you know if you know me I love basketball also love Michael Jordan so really we don't judge we are here as Simon Pegg said like being a geek being a fanatic is all about celebrating what you are passionate about see and there's no judgment from us we love it all and that's why it's perfect you know when you see the name Roddenberry on podcasts it can you know Obviously, people's minds go to Star Trek, Mm -hmm. but there is a whole world of fandom out there, and there are many podcasts under the Roddenberry name. We felt like we wanted to share a little bit, so we're dropping Mission Log in the Fanatics feed. We're dropping Fanatics in the Mission Log feed just to give people a taste, Yes, see what it's all about. And today, this episode specifically, I love this, X-Wing Miniatures but it's a game yes. and I'm yeah I'm intrigued it, it is Rob Karkovich who from NCIS New Orleans talks about his fanaticism for the X-Wing miniature games and he even went so far as entered himself into a tournament you could think of it like a <laughs> poker tournament you could think of it like a blackjack tournament if you're Claire Kramer um, uh, but, of course <laughs> yes we know anything about that right yeah. but you know he is into the X-Wing miniature games so I really hope you guys enjoy the episode be sure to Follow us at We Are Fanatics on Twitter and share your thoughts. Uh, after months of building up the nerve to go play with strangers, I pulled up to this game shop. I sat in my car. You know, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, when Cameron 
mm-hmm. is thinking about leaving to go pick up Ferris, and he's sitting in the car, and he's like, I'll, 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 I'll go, I'll go, I'll, you know, he does that thing where he starts, and he's like, <laughs> that's how I was in the parking lot of the strip mall. Because I had my tackle box, but I was like, if I walk in there and I got a tackle box and nobody else has a tackle box, then I look like an idiot and everyone else is playing Pokemon. And what am I doing here? Everyone's got their thing. time ago in a galaxy far far away hopefully they hear the fanatics podcast hi guys i'm one of your hosts as always david magadoff and with me is my most beautiful effervescent and lovely co-host miss claire kramer hi claire hi david i love that intro you always make me feel so good about myself thank you for that it's true and you're welcome this is our first star wars related podcast episode when you said the galaxy far far away i think everyone of our you know within like three decades of how old both of us are can picture in their mind that scrolling original like through the starscape you know it's like one of those memes where you know you don't see what you hear but you actually do so yes we're talking about star wars today but not just star wars well first why don't we introduce you know who's coming on our show david Absolutely. We have on today a very wonderful guest, Mr. Rob Kirkovich, a dear friend of mine from college days, guys. You know him from NCIS New Orleans or New Orleans or Nolans, however you'd like to pronounce it. He's been on the whole dang series as well as Chasing Life, The Devil Cats, Cloverfield. Guys, Rob is a wonderful guy and he is on here to talk about his love not a lot of people know, of X-Wing Miniatures Game. This is a very niche, awesome little game that is for a fervent group of people who love these uh, Star Wars, but small. And again, small, very small playing together like Dungeons and Dragons. And he's going to get all into it. And it is super fun the way he describes it. And not as nerdy as I think he thinks it is. I actually think it's something incredibly lovely and relatable but you know what's funny david is you met him in college in theater school or whatever and then you listed his credits were you know a procedural and like cloverfield and like the something with the devil the devil cats you know very serious stoic work he's a funny guy he's super funny like I, I want to go, like, hang out with him and just tell jokes and also play this game. But, you know. <laughs> he's he's an improv guy. He's a comedy first guy. There was a improv comedy group at our college, like every college has, called Comedus Interruptus. And I was there, and he was, like, big man on campus, and everyone was like that. Like, he, he was the guy. He was the guy that was just so funny and so tall and uh, as as tall as he is funny and as thin as he is tall. Uh, and I got to have him be a part of my student theater first play that I ever wrote in my own nerdy fashion. And that's how I came to love USC because I didn't even know if I wanted to stay at USC. I don't know about you, Claire, but uh, – there's definitely that moment where I came to school where I wasn't 100% certain this was the place I wanted to be. And we had a thing called Brand New Theater where kids could write plays. And we all just came up with stuff together. And that really cemented my love for that for that school and my time there because we all just lived and breathed each other, had a great time, so much fun. And, I mean, wonderful people came out of that. Patrick Adams, who you know from Suits, he was he ran 
uh, brand new theater uh, by the time it was all over. So it was a really special group, and Rob was a really special guy to meet during that time. And uh, I'm just so thrilled for his success and uh, all that good stuff. But yeah, he was the comedic part on NC. He's, he's super Orleans, funny, sure. and like, let's just go hang out with him. That's. <laughs> And also play the uh, X-Wing miniature game. <laughs> At the least, just let's listen to this episode. Exactly. Only because we're getting into Star Wars today. Just a kind of a random question. And it's sort of a general question. It doesn't have to be specific to Star Wars. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you like Oscar Isaac? Oh, just in general? A 10. 11. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. Wow. He's a genius. Okay. He's great. Well, I, I feel like we should be talking about him for the rest of the podcast. That was my second choice was Oscar today. Isaac in terms of things I'm obsessed <laughs> with. So for the second, for the second, when I come back, we'll focus on Oscar. Oh, totally. Your part two is already in the works. And his magnificent dune beard. Yeah. So X-Wing, the miniatures game. Please, can you just at least for Claire and I and anyone else listening who tuning in, uh-huh. what? What is it in the Webster's Merriam Dictionary sort of way? Uh, so X-Wing is a, I guess it's like a tabletop strategy game that uh, employs the use of tiny pre-painted Star Wars spaceships that you then sort of, uh, usually uh, you're in a sort of like a one-on-one situation and you're sort of flying your ships against your opponent in this sort of what, what is thematically supposed to be like a dogfight. And... You each have your own little dials that are assigned to each ship, so you're secretly putting in what your moves are going to be. Mm-hmm. It's almost like chess. It's like chess meets Magic the Gathering, because mm-hmm. there's cards that you get to pick and choose from, uh, meets like D&D with like dice rolls to see if you succeed or fail in shooting at people. There's also some hand-eye coordination in there. Uh, I'm sure there's other things I can think of to make it sound like more of a legitimate use of my time. Uh, like it, it strengthens my neurons or, or something like that. But mostly it's about being a grown person playing with Star Wars which toys. Sa- which sounds like something many, many grown people would love to do because there are mm. so uh, so many parameters that it's, a, you know, it's a strategic game. So you can get away with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ex- yeah. You're, you're building your, your uh, for when you actually go into a battle, right. <laughs> a space battle, you're, you're honing those skills. So – you mentioned time, and I'm curious, since David and I are not familiar, maybe our audience isn't either, how long does one of these games last? Or is it played like D&D in sessions over a long period of time? Uh, so the sort of the standard format is uh, it's 75 minutes mm. long from the start of the game to the end of the game. Efficient. It's efficient, yeah. and um, But it's taxing. Uh, because you have to really kind of figure out what you don't know what your opponent's going to do. You don't know if your ship's going to smash into each other Um, because you have to use these little templates to put in front of the ship that then moves the ship. So, you know, there's some hand-eye stuff there, as I've mentioned. I really want to hammer that home, that I'm I'm really improving my body by playing this game. (laughs) Okay, so there's dice, there's cards, there's the ships. Mm -hmm. Is there a tabletop, like, board that you have to put out? There's a mat. mat. I'm glad you asked that. There's a yeah. It's played on a three. It's supposed to be played on a three by three surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there is a uh, less popular mode of the game that's called Epic, and that's where you can get bigger ships and play on a six by three mat mm. if you even own a table that's that large, uh, or you can go to your local game shop. This is like Catan Seafarers, like when you're adding to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess like I don't know if you guys have, have you guys ever heard of Warhammer. 
or Warhammer no. 40k. Okay. So Not that's like lie, no. that's like the most popular sort of like miniatures game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and I didn't even really and I don't know if you, this is getting ahead of the the game a little bit cuz you guys might ask this. But I was never even into these types of games until I want to say like 4 years ago, 4 or 5 years ago. Yeah, what's the origin story mm-hmm. for you, Rob? Well, obviously big Star Wars fan. Uh, I have been my whole life. So anything that has the word Star and Wars sort of next to each other in that order, I guess I wouldn't care so much if it was Wars Stars or mm-hmm. whatever. But if it was Star Wars, I'm you're going to get my attention. Like, I'm going to double take at something. It could be a coffee mug, you know, it could be whatever branded thing, or it could be a, a game. So, you know, I was always like, I played a lot of video games uh, throughout my life through my 20s, you know, living with deadbeat other deadbeat roommates uh, and playing video games all day and stuff. But once I had a family, that started going downhill just because I was so tired. Like, at you know, 9 o'clock rolls around. I do not want to shoot zombies or have any sort of, you know, sh- or strangers on the Internet. You know, I just am done. So, so I think that coupled with moving to New Orleans uh, to be on NCIS New Orleans, I didn't know anybody. And so I think I started shifting more into sort of like tabletop games, like board games like Catan or what, you know, sort of those types of games. And I discovered this uh, kind of, I don't know what the best word for it is, kind of like a dungeon crawly thing, but with Star Wars. It was sort of like you lay tiles down, you each have your own little mini guy, and you move around. And, and this is all in person, right? You're doing this yeah, with people, yeah, I needed, breathing the same air, I needed, eating nachos. Yeah, I needed friends. I needed friends real bad. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I guess the older I got, the more I think I was valuing in person, uh, which is ironic considering that then COVID happened. But, you know, I think I was valuing in-person interaction more so than online gaming experiences. Mm -hmm. And so that led me into this game called Imperial Assault, which was I started playing with a bunch of dudes and we sort of had a a regular thing going. Um, And then one of those dudes made the mistake of saying, hey, the company which at the time was called Fantasy Flight Games. The company that makes this game also makes this game with spaceships. <laughs> and and again, you know, I was like, well, I don't know if I care. He's like, it's Star Wars. And I was like, I'm listening. Um, so, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so we played, you know, we just played like a casual kind of round of it or two. And then it, the thing with these games that's important to note is they're like, you know, the nerd drug dealer sort of thing where they sort of, sort of are like, hey, you buy this starter pack, it's it's two TIE fighters and an X-Wing. You know, so you got two bad ships and a good ship. That's that's all you'll need to have a good time. But then you play it for 10 minutes and you realize, oh, I need every ship that has been made for this game, which, of course, they all sell separately. And then within that, you've got different factions. So you could commit to, like, I'm only going to be the Rebels. So you've got mm-hmm. X-Wings and the Millennium Falcon and stuff like that. Or I'm only going to be Imperials. But they've got seven of these things. <laughs> Seven different, like, teams, basically, for lack of a better word, that you could... So, of course, I bought almost all of them. Um, Of course. (laughs) And I put them all in tackle boxes. The way you store these things is very personal to to you. It's like, you got to figure it out on your own. There's no one answer. Like fish bait tackle. Yeah, I will walk into... Yeah, it's funny. If you go on Amazon (laughs) and you search, like, Plano, which is the company, Plano tackle boxes or whatever, and you click on some of these models of the tackle box, it'll say customers also bought X-Wing playmat, X-Wing ships. Like, you realize that, like, this company is, like, half-funded by nerds who want a place to put their tiny ships. So, okay, 
I'm I'm wrapping my head around this, and this definitely sounds like a game I could get into because I I love you know strategy games. I love components and battle, um, in on games, not in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. <laughs> so I'm thinking in my head, well, everything in a game in a tabletop game is miniature. So why is miniature in the title of this game? What makes this like a miniature game? How's that play in? I think, and I don't know this, so don't quote me. Although you're literally recording me, I'm quoting so you that right is now. Quoting me, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're putting a trademark after every word. Please you say do in the upload final it edit. directly to Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> I think there's a sub, and again, I don't know for sure, but I think there's a sub genre of tabletop games, right? Like, let's say, like board games, right? It's sort of like that's on a table. It's a, technically a tabletop game, and then you sort of break it down. I think there's there's one genre called like Euro style, which I don't know what that means, but I hear it ba- bandied around a lot. Mm-hmm. Miniature games, I think, are games where you've got tiny little vehicles or people. And I think there's a level of complexity there that's not in, like, say, shoots and ladders or something. You want to call, like, Monopoly a miniatures game because it's got a tiny shoe and then a tiny whatever the other things are, right? Um, I think it's, it has to be a miniaturized uh, thing, uh, not necessarily that exists in real life because, obviously, unfortunately— these ships do not exist, but I think it. I think it just indicates a level of either complexity or a level of com- financial commitment uh, to some of these games um, that you know you're not going to get from uh, Carcassonne or whatever. You know these other sort of more popular uh, or t- Ticket to Ride. You know these these games that yeah that um you know I feel like there's different tiers of people. It's like I like a good board game, and you're thinking like Trivial Pursuit or Monopoly, and then there's another tier of people that are like I know Pandemic. I know, mm-hmm. you know, Ticket to Ride. I know these other games. And then you get into, like, the deep, then you get deep. Then you fall into this thing, which is, like, I have these tiny shifts. And the thing that's kind of fascinating about it is that for this game in particular, I think part of the reason I got into it is because all the ships and stuff are kind of pre-painted. You Like, the X-Wing looks like the X-Wing that Luke flies. So the TIE Fighters look like whatever. But people will then go and paint over these things. Mm. And so, and some of these other quote unquote miniatures games, like this game I was referencing Warhammer or Warhammer 40 K. It's like you buy these packs of these ships or these troops or whatever, and you have to assemble them yourself. They're not painted. So you then have to like prime them, paint them however you want. And people love that. It's like the hobby section of the thing. I do not have the time to do any of that. I painted one of these ships. It looks like I accidentally dropped it. Into like a paint bucket. It doesn't look <laughs> great, um, but but people really get into. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna like you know I've seen I've seen all kinds of crazy um, like thematic like they paint them all to look the same color you know all the way to to they paint it to look like it's coming it's like decloaking so they'll be like oh, a, half and half like a like a really cool like Starfield like painted gradient. on one half yeah Starfield painted on the back half of a, sh- of a ship and then like an electrical arc down the side and then the ship itself so in and so you look you go online and you search some of these things that people some people put LED lights in these things like they go they go bonkers but i think that's one of those moments where you go you know what i'm really glad i have all this time for that but i'm really glad that i don't have that level yeah, of time I am like, i'm glad, glad that <laughs> there, I'm there does come a level <laughs> yeah, where yeah because you're like i have a wife i have kids i have hobbies how many of these miniatures do you have oh god so they these tackle boxes you can buy ones that are like stacked like four four layers deep i have two of those so i have eight of these tackle box Tears. racks. 
yeah. filled with ships. Uh, I would estimate that I've got like 50 ships. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of doubles. Cause you know, you don't want to like, you don't just put one TIE fighter out. You put four, you know, otherwise you do don't look cool. How many have? Like how many can you buy if you were to buy all of them one day? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, and there's a lot of controversy. I'm not going to get into it too far here. But uh, we want to know about the controversy. Come on. <laughs> so, so, so the company shifted, changed hands. Okay. The parent company, which is called Asthma Day, which is like a big board game conglomerate, whatever. Asthma Day? Asthma Day, yeah. They, is it for okay? They're Europe. I think they're from. I think they're based in Europe, but they own all these okay. smaller game studios. Okay, so it's almost like uh, I guess it's like a you know, Sony owns all these different f- things, right? So they're kind of like the big daddy, and then they own all these smaller studios that they've sort of bought over the years. They have shifted. They've taken X Wing away from the company that created it, and they gave it to a different company. Um, that is more like miniatures focused. Like they have a Marvel game that apparently people love, the little Marvel guys um, called Crisis Protocol. People are super into that. Another game where you have to buy things, assemble them, and paint them. So I'll never play it. Uh, but they, um, and then people got all up in arms about that, that that had happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know this. The internet is insane. Mm-hmm. And what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when no one can actually see each other in person. So um, that happened. And then this small company um, sort of started to drip out information that they were going to be changing some of the rules in the game. That set people into a, like a in, insanity spiral. People went nuts. But what's funny is like, I don't know. <laughs> if you get caught up in this, you start following the Facebook chatter. I'm looking uh, up the subreddit is- right now. Yeah, subreddit. Sub, yeah, the, I feel like Facebook is more the or like the Discord, which is an app I didn't even know existed until this game. Um, that's the true and, nerds are on Discord. Exactly. That's what I'm finding out. I'm very excited to <laughs> be with them finally. Um, and so, but they're all they're doing is like mentioning that they're thinking about changing these rules or that they're exploring this, and people are like, "You're ruining the game!" Like people lose their their mind, um, and you forget. When you do, when you are as invested in it as I am, that in the grand scheme of things, we're talking probably like a few thousand people, you know, that are like going this crazy. But if you steep yourself in it for this long, you it's like, well, the whole world is on fire right now because X-Wing might be changing who goes first in the player order, you know. Um, so it's good to sort of Do you of engage, a, Rob, or you sort of sit back no, and No, I, I or, lurk. I've and, always been a lurker. Uh, so they don't know. They're not like Rob Kirkovich is on here. This is cool. They're you're just like your name is like Shadow Man forty nine, and you're just watching. Exactly. Yeah, I creep in the shadows. I also don't know if they'd even care if they did recognize my name. I don't know if anyone would actually give a shit. But, but it's good to have an online alias. Cool. <laughs> well, what's yeah, yeah? Yeah, Kevin Durant can do it. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, well, what's funny is I so I I built up the nerve. This is this is a good segue because I was lurking for years. You know, I, this thing went from first edition, then it went to a, a second edition, where some rules were changed. The force was introduced as a mechanic. Watch out! New tokens got new token. Got to have tokens in these things. And I've, I've been sticking with it the whole time, but I've only really been playing with my friends. You know, like come over. I may have had a table made to the exact specifications mm. of this game. <laughs> Maybe three by three. Maybe with LED with LED <laughs> lights that line the inside of it. Mm-hmm. If you want to get nuts, wow. yeah. 
Um, who made it? Who found? Fa- how did you find this person? Did Joanna Gaines give you somebody? I wish. Wait, I want to hear. Have too much like yeah filigree on it. I want to hear about the, uh, the game gang though. Keep going with the peoples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've been playing with these guys. The, to answer your question, Magadoff, the the there was a guy on the crew of NCIS New Orleans who 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 really wants to start a gaming table business, and um, so I was like his second customer, and it was it's great. I love it. Cool. But uh, so I've been playing with just in person with my friends, uh, and but always lurking on these things and eventually decided, you know what? It's 2022. Now I think, I think I'm going to actually try to like go to an event. Like I'm going to actually try to play in person. I mean, I'd gone to, in new Orleans, I'd gone to a game shop uh, after months of building up the nerve to go play with strangers. I pulled up to this game shop. I sat in my car, you know, in Ferris Bueller's day off when Cameron Mm -hmm. is thinking about leaving to go pick up Ferris and he's sitting in the car and he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go, I'll, you know, he does that thing where he starts and he's like, <laughs> that's how I was in the parking lot of the strip mall. Cause I had my tackle box. Where I was like, if I walk in there and I got a tackle box and nobody else has a tackle box, then I look like an idiot and everyone else is playing Pokemon. And what am I doing here? Um, so I finally built up the nerve. So I, I had played with a, some strangers once or twice at a, at a local game shop, but I was like, I'm going to go to like a tournament. Mm-hmm. And obviously there weren't a lot of tournaments going on big ones because of, pandemic and people being socially responsible and all that stuff so but there was this one that happened just last weekend in las vegas and i was able to convince my wife that i could go because i took one of our kids with me and it just so happens that her father lives there so i was like that's great so yeah, this is great the older kid will have a great day with grandpa. grandpa he's gonna be this is a grandpa visit first and foremost secondly it will be me spending eight hours getting humiliated by strangers. So <laughs> is that cool? And so I went. And uh, I'm so glad that you guys uh, hit me up because I was trying to film it as like a... I was going to make like a 10-minute documentary about me like preparing for this thing and being super nervous and getting input and insight from people. But that all went out the window when I got there because I was so terrified. I'm not John Wilson. I wish I was John Wilson. I wish I could shoot stuff and be hilarious. I'm not. And so I was going to, like, interview guys in between each match and all this stuff. And um, I was so scared about getting to the next table in time, uh, about if I was going to, how badly I was going to play. Like, do I have all my little components and tokens and chits and whatever? So I didn't end up doing it. So I'm glad I have a way to actually But let me, let's talk about your emotions during the tournament. Because this is your first, this is the very first time you've played in an event like this. And it is stressful. I know the first time I played in a poker tournament where it was like a a legit tournament. I -hmm. was like, I couldn't even play my normal game because I was so nervous about like, how was I? Am I going to embarrass yeah. myself? Am I doing everything right as we Stakes. progress tables? You know, so let's talk yeah, about exactly. that a little bit. You sit down to play your first match in your first tournament at this event, and what what is your heart doing? What is your mind doing? What's going oh, on? Pounding. Nothing's making any sense. Um, you know, there's so <laughs> many people there. You know, relatively speaking, I think the first day they had like sixty something people, and then day two is like eighty something. And then the top 32, roughly, I think, of those two days then go on to the final day, which I never had any, I never had any, like, aspirations towards getting that. I was just like, I just want to go. I want to have a good time. I want to challenge myself to go to a place. I don't know anybody. I mean, like, I usually need somebody that I'm friendly with to, like, hang out with during these things. I just was sitting there with my little box of ships, like, waiting. I didn't know 
I didn't know how it worked. You're waiting for like pairings. You're waiting to find out what table you're going to. And but luckily, from what I'm understanding about this community, is that it's super chill. You know, I think I've heard things about like Magic the Gathering. Part of it is that there, it's not like a cash prize. None of these tournaments offer like a lot of money. So some of the stress is off, I think, especially since it's so fiddly with you, your hand could actually bump a ship on the table and then you got to reset it kind of to where you think it was. If that was, if there was money involved in, in situations like that, it would not be a fun time. But for the most part, everyone was just like super cool. You know, usually, usually, you know, that the person across the table from you loves Star Wars. That's usually a good prerequisite to get involved in the game. Some people don't as much, but. You can pretty much start the game and be like, so what do you think about Book of Boba Fett, huh? And immediately have right. have a way to connect, right? Uh, because it is such a specific theme to the game, you know? Oscar Isaac, scale 1 through 10. You just start that. You start with his beard. Um, like <laughs> like poker, I would imagine, you know, poker is a, a wider net. People like gambling and playing cards, you know? Like, you don't know There's what are your other interests. Really, the only common denominator is being super competitive. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And exactly. willing and there to, are some people willing to lose money. <laughs> yeah, and and there are some people uh there that were that were like that for sure. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, everyone's just chill. And so, you know, I of course would just like blurt out immediately. This is my first tournament, I don't know what I'm doing. Just right away. Um so that they would know that if I missed a one of the eight thousand rules that you're supposed to keep in your keep track of, that it wasn't intentional. I wasn't trying to pull the wool over their eyes or anything like that. Because, you know, you've got to keep track of all your cards. If you do one thing, then suddenly that triggers another thing. And you've set this other thing up that will react to that. So, you know, there's a lot to kind of keep in mind. So how did your confidence and your self-assuredness, you know, wax or wane over the day? It, it went like this. It went game one. Um, I lost. And I reckon the, the ships that were set up across from me, you know, there's some in games like this, there's something called the meta, mm-hmm. right? Where it's... <laughs> What is the current meta? Like, what are the good chips right now based on what they cost and what they do? Because they'll adjust what these things... You have 200 points to work with. So it's like they'll, they'll, they'll shift in price. Does the meta affect every uh, individual match in the tournament? Or is that only match exclusive? I guess it affects everything because you don't... You know, if one ship is suddenly very good because it has this ability that has yet to be, like, nerfed or that they haven't figured... Or someone's found this combo that just breaks everything then a ton of people will bring that mm. because they want to get to the the final day, right? There's other people that are more like noble or whatever, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word for it. But it's like, I'm just going to, you know what? I like these ships. I like Darth Vader. I'm going to put Darth Vader on the table. And I'm going to see what happens, you know, that kind of thing. So game one, I recognized that these ships across from me were beasts and that I, whatever, you know, I was just going to have a good time. The guy, oh, this is the other crazy thing. When the matches start, more than half of my opponents gave me shit before the game started, they gave me like pr- like prizes. They gave me like oh. this one dude started. He had a challenge coin. I thought you meant they gave you shit like they're like you're going down. No, 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 <laughs> no. Thank God. There was. I like that they're like no. They're actually giving me things. They gave and me stuff. Me this guy had kind. like custom made challenge coins, mm-hmm. made uh, and a sticker. <laughs> he like gave me that. And, and I'm like I don't have. I didn't bring anything. I don't know what am I. What would I even bring? I don't know what I'm supposed to bring. Um, but if, you know, they'll usually bring stuff that they've had custom made from the, there's various Etsy shops that'll make like alternative game pieces for the game, which is super cool. 
So I'm, it's like in soccer where you give each other jerseys. No, <laughs> like I mean, I, I was just thinking that. Yeah. Continue. I've got some gift ideas for you to like percolate. Oh, good. With. Okay, yeah, great. So yeah. For, I, I need we'll some talk about for that the next later, time but... I, I go. <laughs> so, so game one lost. Lost game one. Lost game one. It wasn't like a blowout. Like I, I hung in there, which I was proud of. Game two, uh, I won. That game, and we had a great time. Um, but, you know, another factor to this game is variance with your dice. Mm-hmm. And my dice for that game, like, I was just rolling the, the best rolls I could ever hope to roll. And he was not rolling as well. So that's right. a whole thing people have to get over is, like, do you blame, you know, you don't want to look like an ass and be like, well, I would have won if the dice would help me out. You know, it's like, well, that's just part of it. Um, so then I was feeling good. I was like, one and one. I only need to be four and one. We played five games in the day. Which means that by, for me, game three, my brain is this just like juice, just swishing around in my skull. Like it was completely, my brain was already done. But so at one and one, I was like, I got a shot. I just got to win, what, three more? And I, I, can, I could actually go to the, I could cancel my flight. My wife will love this. Uh, more grandpa time. So, yeah, more <laughs> grandpa time. He'll miss school on Monday. That's fine. Um, so, uh, but then I proceeded to lose three in a row. So that's how that went. <laughs> so it was great because I texted my uh, I texted our friends here in Colorado and my wife was on it. And I was like, one in four, baby. And then I got a private text from my wife who said, I'm so proud of you. You know, and at first I was like, wait, is this is she being sarcastic right now? But then also I was like, oh, she's just proud that I went or whatever. And then when I got home and explained it to her, she's like, oh, I thought I thought wins were second. I thought you won four and you <laughs> lost <laughs> One. And then I just got this look of like, okay. Well, <laughs> she wasn't trolling and she wasn't bigging you up. Yeah, she just, just misread the situation. What is the most <laughs> elating moment you've had either in a tournament or playing with friends or even just like a new ship arrives? Like what is that peak moment for you so far with your uh, collection? Sure. It's it's a tie. There's 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 been a couple times playing with friends where – you know, if you just manage to fit the ship into this tiny spot because there's other ships around or you're up against the edge of the board because you've accidentally put your ship off the board, that ship's gone. They're like, it like It's like pieces out or whatever. It's just like you lost those points and that ship's gone. So there's been times where I've pulled up and just been like, I mean, I've got like photographs that I've taken of just like the tiniest sliver of mat left between like the edge and my ship and then my buddy's like middle finger like sticking in, you know. Um <laughs> So those moments are great. The moments when you roll like the most improbable roll, like you roll like four dice and they're the each one, you know, they're, they're eight sided die or eight sided dice. I always screw up the singular versus the plural there. But and it's like on each die, there's one super hit basically. But so it's a one out of eight chance. But you roll like four of those at once, you know, stuff like that. And then obviously, yeah, new ships come. It's not like. You go right back to being a kid of like, there's a spaceship in a box. I get to open it and put it in a thing, you know. So that part's uh, fun, too. How often will you play? Here you are in Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's very cold there. I So I've heard it's during cold. the winter months. It's, I think it's four together. right now. It's four degrees. Wow. Yeah. For what? Four degrees. Four total degrees. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's for some other somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Not me to be here. Yep. Uh, so are you did you find your did you find your group now? Did you find your friends out there to be playing with it in person? Yeah, I found a, um there's a game shop in town that I've been going to. I've been a couple times. 
Um, everyone there seems really sweet and nice. Um, every time, I, you know, in New Orleans, it was the same way when I when I went to the game shop. You know, I think I think with games like this that are sort of uh, not on the fringe because that makes it sound like extreme, <laughs> something like that. It's like only the toughest people play miniatures games. <laughs> but I think with games like this that are a little lesser known. If somebody walks into a shop and is like, I'm kind of curious about this game or I came to play this game, everyone's pumped because mm-hmm. it means like another person to play with. It means another person that will show up on game night, you know, every Wednesday or Thursday or whatever it is. So the community is very welcoming across the board, even like in online discourse and stuff like that. Um, everyone's pretty, pretty chill, which is nice. I always I always like asking actors because they'll they'll come on the show and they'll tell us about this cool fanaticism that they have and i always wonder did you ever bring this with you to set like did you ever tell bacula like you know you got to get into this or was this something that you just kept to your heart no and i've never shared with yeah anyone? no this is not a private thing I've, I've definitely brought i've gone like i've gone on lunch breaks to the game shop and like had to tell the you know the base camp pa like listen i should be back in time but i there's a 99 percent chance i'll be back in time <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But they, but you see, General Grievous's ship has just been released, and I gotta go get it right now, even though I still have never played it. Okay, so, Rob, is it a good thing or a bad thing that your wife is not a player as well? Uh, it's it's probably good. It's good. I'm trying to get my seven year old involved in it because I'm like spaceships, you know, and so I try to give him like very basic. Versions of it, and he's into it for about you know two rounds, maybe three rounds, and then he kind of floats away. I but. I play a lot of games with my kids. I my seven year old just turned eight. He's my youngest. He can do. That's an age where they can start to do it. Like my son now plays yeah. Catan. He plays Risk. Those are two good entryway. Oh yeah, strategy games because they're not quite as mm-hmm. complex. It sounds like. Um, although I haven't played this particular game. Um, so I work. Keep working with your son. It can happen. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm pumped. And yeah, he just he just did his first ticket to ride, which he did pretty well on. He, we've got a couple other games that he's 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 got a he's got a mind for it for sure. I just don't want to be like the you know, the equivalent of like the hockey dad or something, mm-hmm. but with like nerdery. Like I feel like I've already been like that with him with, with him with Star Wars in general. I'm like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? We can watch one of these eight movies, <laughs> or do you want to maybe watch these four TV shows? You know, and I think he's sort of like, ah, what if I just watch this other thing instead that's specifically made for children I was like, okay um, <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah whatever well you know i've got the other one coming up so that's fine i always love to finish off with uh why why do you think if you've ever thought about it oh, I have. if you haven't i want this to be the moment why do you love this so much is like psychologically almost like do you think there's a part of you as a 12 year old that just likes being with people is it a competition thing is it a, is it a friend-based thing is it when you're in a good mood a bad mood why do you why do you think this uh this x wings is really tapping into you i think it it just stems from like i said sort of this transition from just this desire to be hanging out with people because in LA before NCIS, you know, David, we went to college together. You know that at USC, anyone who continues to want to be in the business usually stays in LA, right? So I already had this built-in friend base of like forty-something people. You know, that were all everyone, half of them all moved to the east side of LA, like Silver Lake, Los Feliz, Echo Park. So we were all within shouting distance of each other. I spent most of my twenties and early thirties 
bouncing around with them in the middle of the day. Like I, there was just this this sense of community, I guess. And then I get dropped in New Orleans where I don't know anybody. And I think that sort of fueled this transition into wanting something that would be an excuse to hang out and um, but also scratch the sort of gaming itch. Uh, and, you know, there's a whole other argument to be made about, like, video games have gotten away from multiple people sitting on a couch playing the same game. You know, it's all online. A lot of these, like, first-person shooters have migrated away from even doing split-screen stuff. So I just needed something where I could hang out and drink and be with some friends and make jokes, nerd, mostly nerd jokes, and play this game and not take it too seriously. Um, you know, I, I, a similar similar thing happened with me in D&D, like got full back into D&D around this time too. So I think it just provides um, an excuse to get together, still have the, the gamery aspect, but then also you get to, you know, hang your hat on this sort of nerdy Element, it's a club. It's an exclusive club. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you when you're able to like siphon off and talk about something like that in depth with a certain community, it bonds you. Yeah, and that's not to say you don't also meet people that you don't necessarily bond with immediately, but you you're sort of like it's a symbiotic relationship where you're like we're both using each other because we want someone to play this game with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, ideally, you're finding people that you're like, oh, and then after this, we can go do something else or, you know, meet up ahead of time but and go get dinner, you know. But then you still find people like, let's use each other mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and play why, this game. Why do you think um, – I mean, you've talked of obviously your love of Star Wars, but just – I don't know, just asking. Why do you think this game? Because I do have a dear friend of mine. He's one of our producers on Dexter that we just did, and he – he like I I sent him a text the other day. I was like, "Do you want to hang out?" He's like, "Oh, I'm in Idlewild." And he took with some friends. He took a photo and sent it to me. Of literally, he brought with him to Idlewild like 40 games with him. So he's like, "I just like all games. Yeah. I don't have any issues. Just the idea of being with people in games is great." You seem to really nailed into this one. Are you someone who just does one game at a time in life, you think? Or is there something about this specific game that just is like, this is literally hitting everything I've ever wanted on so many levels? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to play other games. I like other games. Um, It just depends on who's around and who wants to play them. You know, that'll sort of dictate what game is chosen. Um, But for X-Wing, you know, I'm not sitting around looking at pandemic Reddit boards or whatever, you know, with X-Wing, it's like, I'm deep. Um, and I think, I do think the easy answer is that it's just Star Wars related. So any excuse yeah. to look at Star Wars iconography um, or make jokes about Star Wars to somebody who will understand the deep cut I just dropped from Attack of the Clones or whatever is nice and rewarding. Um, but also I think just the mechanics of it scratch an itch for me because, you know, I always, I, I've played Magic since high school, but I was never very good at it. But I, I like the element of, like, you have to build your deck. You have to, like, choose from thousands of cards and figure out what's the thing that works for you and what's, what fits your play style and all this stuff. Then you've got the dice, so there's luck involved. So it's not always just, oh, I I failed out of the gate because I didn't build the right deck. It's like, well, I don't know. Maybe my dice will be fire, and that'll be great. <laughs> Plus the, you know, the tactile thing of the ships and moving them around. It just sort of combines, I think, a ton of things that I love in separate games anyway. And then just to have them all together under the Star Wars skin, kind of. Uh, it's just sort of like magic. Cue John Williams music, and exactly. we're out. Yeah. Uh, no, it's the perfect Rob Kirkovich game. I'm, I, I'm hearing it. I love it. It <laughs> makes me happy. All right. This was a wonderful, wonderful conversation. If you could regale us with a love letter to that thing that you love, mm-hmm. please. Okay. Please. Do you guys it. usually put, like, slow piano music under this, or how does it 
You, you uh, zhuzh it God up. willing, when this is airing, that will be there, and we'll see if our producers can get to it. And if not, everyone, just imagine it. Just please. imagine, like, the, the gentle tinkling of ivories. Dear X-Wing, the miniatures game. I love you. I've always loved you. And I'm sorry that it took this long to make that love public. Thank you for being there for me when I'm eating a turkey sandwich at my table, my dining room table, watching video replays of people I've never met play this game. Uh, Thank you for providing an app that I can then stare at uh, when I should be asleep in bed next to my wife. Building nameless squads that will never be put on the table. Thank you for just being there during a difficult time uh, in our lives. There's a there's a pandemic that refuses to go away. But you, X-Wing, you are forever. The end. Love, Rob. Love, Rob. Turkovich. Fantastic. I really enjoyed the part where we... <laughs> where I made Rob again and again describe his feeling walking into that tournament because I just, I could, I almost felt like I could really empathize with how he was feeling. You know, there's so much pressure. You're a fan of this game. You play it in your home, you play it with your friends, but you don't go into this like real professional setting. And just to see him walking in with like his, you know, 800 ships and tackle boxes and being like, here I am and thinking prior, oh, I was going to do like a little documentary or, you know, some behind the scenes of this tournament and then being like, hell no, I got to focus. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. David, what, what, do, what do you think? How do you think you would act in that sort of like tournament setting? Well, I think you nailed it of just that feeling of just being the first day at school, right? You're mm-hmm. just <laughs> you're excited it's like almost picturing him with his little tackle box, like a little lunch box. We, I've, I've definitely been in that scenario outside of a group where you're by yourself. You're not with your wife. You're not with a boyfriend, a girlfriend. You're not with a friend. And you're like, but I really want to do this thing. And I'm just going to have to meet some people. And I'm just going to have to be a little awkward at the beginning. But it's worth it because the thing I'm getting into right now is special enough, I hope, that it's worth this uncomfortability. And it's taking, it's almost, dare I say, taking a risk. And it's really sweet that he realized I need this so much that it's worth me overcoming my little fears, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of feeling awkward potentially for like an hour and realizing, and of course, enjoying it, making friends. We all know it's going to work out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's, it's still, it's still scary, even as an adult, even as an adult with two children, right? Right, exactly. And I really encourage him, as I did, to get his son like into it. His, son, I think, seven's a great age to start. Yeah, you know, with strategy, um, strategic games, and role playing games, and you know, I, I, I don't know. It seems a good thing. It would be hard for me to not have a partner who also played like i think i would make if i were him i would like make his wife learn to play just so like you could if all else fails and no one else is around and you can't go to like the game shop or whatever he can just be like all right come on this is what we're doing tonight it's only 75 minutes so there it's not open-ended like so many role-playing or strategy games can be 
yeah, it's I love that is a very sexy part of this game. As soon as mm-hmm. he said like it's definitely seventy five minutes, I'm like, uh, every Catan game I've ever played can creep into four hours or like a Dungeons and Dragons game. Uh, so it's very that's a very sexy thing to know that it's only that amount of time. But I do appreciate how intense it is. It's a very intense seventy five minutes. It's intense, you know. But here's what I will say about Catan is now that I have played so much with my kids because really over especially this year over Christmas break because of everything that was going on um, health-wise, we had just hunkered down in the house. And I think we played four to five games a day. So right now, it doesn't take us longer than two hours for one of us to win at Catan, which I feel like we've like drilled it down. Teach me, Claire. Teach me. I will. I will. I will. I will. My kids are, you know, really aggressive too, (laughs) especially one of them in particular. I'll let you discover which one. (laughs) Uh, guys, thanks so much for being with us today on this wonderful podcast episode with wonderful Rob Kirkovich, Claire, me. Uh, we all say thank you, all the love. Uh, this is a podcast of love, and we uh, we take and give and give and receive. So please, if you'd be so kind to like and subscribe and follow and share and post, and of course, five-star it up. Guys, uh, we appreciate it. We love you. We are fanatics for you guys. And if somehow you've made it this far without following us on Twitter, what are you doing? Go click that little blue bird. We share a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, special moments, photos. So it's a great compliment to the podcast at We Are Fanatics on Twitter. It is a solid Twitter account, my friends. A deep, good one. Uh, quality with a capital Qua. All right. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye-bye. And coming up next week on Fanatics, we have Leon. Of course, you know Leon from Oz, that great TV show. Cool Runnings, Above the Rim, played Little Richard in Little Richard, and the Madonna sex book. But he's not here to talk about any of that. Leon is coming on Fanatics to talk about tennis and his love for tennis. So make sure to tune in next Thursday. We'll see you guys then. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Throw Darth out on the board. In this game, you won't be bored. Treat your life like YOLO. Hey, come hang out with Han Solo. It's It's X-Wing Miniatures game. game. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.